we're holed up in indoors, trying to stay out of the humidity, and above all, trying not to mention the war this week. Welcome to Hand Pod. Sam Kelly. Um, I'm flanked on on the recording table uh, for this this first proper episode back of 2012 by English Dan Dan Edwards. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Who, for those of you who have short memories or are listening tonight for the first time, is the South America section editor of Goal.com, and by Argentina Football World's uh, Dan Colasimone. Hello. Um, who, as you. Possibly won't have picked up from his very brief introduction uh, is Australian, uh, okay. if you're unfamiliar with us. Um, yeah, the, uh, the two Brits on the, at the table uh, are suitably nervy, as, as everybody in the UK can probably currently gather from the enormous overreaction in the newspapers to the news that the Argentine first division season or half season during the Clausura might be named after a cruise. Uh, a cruise ship, a cruiser, a crucero as they call it in Spanish, but a, a battleship which was sunk 30 years ago by the British Navy. Um, I don't think we can avoid mentioning the fact that it's probably going to be called the, the Copa Crucero uh, Belgrano or something along those lines. But essentially, if anybody's worried for us or if, if our parents are listening or whatever, uh, actually my parents will get to experience it in about a week's time because they're coming to visit. Don't worry about us. We'll, we'll be fine. Um, the British press couldn't really be overacting to the news any more um, than they are doing. And that's all we're going to say on the matter, really. And, unless either of you have got anything to No, apart from really. the fact that, as we were talking about before we came on, the last few tournaments have been called, uh, for example, the Torneo Nestor, Nestor Kirchner, who yeah. was the president who died a couple of years ago. and There was a Copa Malvinas Argentinas as well. Which, which, which was the Apertura that Boca won yeah. in December. And, yeah, and you know, Malvinas Argentinas is the... Is the Argentinian name for the Falklands, which, if anything, I don't know, should be more offensive to British people mm. if you find those kind of things offensive. Um, but it wasn't made a fuss of at all about. And I should probably point out as well that, despite the fact Sam is shaking in his boots, uh, oh, yeah. I managed to go the whole day and maybe even yesterday without oh, hearing anything of this completely oblivious. <laughs> and, I, and, and I think I it's was, that uh, once. Yeah, and. and um, I was actually sitting in, in my living room with, with Argentine TV news on. Um, and checking Golay and Kanchashen and the two main uh, internet portals for, for sports news pretty much all afternoon and I wouldn't have been aware of this if it weren't for Twitter and the fact that I get uh, the Guardian and the Telegraph and the Independent emailed to me um, every morning so I get their, their kind of headlines um, Argentine media haven't mentioned it at all so this is where so. you're going wrong Sam just keep a media blackout and you'll live your life <laughs> happy as Larry yeah. oh, absolutely that's <laughs> Journalist Dan Edwards' tip for the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but uh, for the particularly stupid among you, you may have not realised that I was being uh, heavily sarcastic when I, I said I was nervous. Um, but I do wish that both governments would just shut the hell up and start being a bit more mature about it. 
basically at this point. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that we should mention is that as we record, we've got Defensor Sporting against Vélez Sarsfield. The I think it's the first match, full stop in the group stage, isn't it? It's not just I the first so, match yeah. involving an Argentine side. Um, in the Copa Libertadores, it's on in the background, but it is muted. Um, we're, we're recording on Tuesday, kind of early evening. Uh, and, of course, now, let, let's get on to it, the, the, uh, the Copa Belgrano. Um, <laughs> is the, the Torneo Clausura coming up, and what can we say about it? We're trying to remember the, the format of our previous uh, preview editions that we've we've done. We've not got the, the magnificently George Joel Richards with us who moved in down. I think Joel kind of tied everything together like the, like the rug in the Big Lebowski, but um, exactly. without, <laughs> without him here, I think. Uh, well, we do have uh, Seba who couldn't make it. Uh, Seba Garcia who yeah. couldn't make it tonight. But um, why don't we start with his predictions and, yeah. we'll, and we'll work from there as a yeah, we'll, launch we'll impact. Agree or disagree as as we see fit. So um, and as uh, we had a few suggestions from Twitter uh, from um, Paraguay Ralph. Uh, to we still don't know if we're going to do this or not, but we'll oh, see no, how we're doing. Like it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is to uh, compare every team in the in the tournament to a genre of movie. <laughs> As the the Argentinian press are really fond of this kind of thing, like comparing every team to a car or whatever they do. Every going on about the film of Martin Palermo's life, which <laughs> yeah, may or may not ever actually be made, but they've been saying it for about the last ten years. So we're going to try and compare every uh, team to a disaster movie for some reason or another but let's go through Seba's tips first um, I'm picking up my Aussie friend sorry no, that's not that uh, <laughs> alright so Seba says uh, champions Boca they can get a bit distracted by Coba Libertadores but they play with no pressure and absolutely used to Falcioni's tactics uh, they will continue to be very hard to break down and should have enough going forward I agree with him so um, I, to some extent, I agree with him. I think he's underestimating the effect that Libertadores is going to have on him because Boca needs Boca need a really good campaign in the Libertadores. Need they need it? Yeah. Why do they need it? Because I think that it's been what five years since they they won the Copa. Um, yes, cons- I think four years since they were last in it. Exactly. Yeah, and right. compared to. The run they had before under Bianchi, when they, you know, mm. early two thousands, they absolutely dominated it. I think you can probably tell me it was four wins in seven years or yeah. something along those lines. So I think that fans they would forgive, say, uh, a fourth or fifth place finish in the Clausura if if they really pushed and got kind of at least a semi final or maybe a final in the Libertadores. So I think we could see a real, real focus on the Copa, which I think in turn is gonna going to take its effect I don't think they have a massive squad they dealt with injuries well last year but yeah. the, there's a difference between single injuries and also and the players having to travel uh, to God knows where in South America once yeah. a week no, and play three games a week every week uh, plus they've got back in Dina and, and as, as we've mentioned before um, no team has, has won the in, in the short championship era no team has won the Clausura and the Libertadores um, they're, they're played in the same half of the year so no sides won them both at the same time um, the, the flip side of that is that, as, as Seba said, I think the, the domestically at least the title win in December is going to have taken a lot of pressure off because that was something they hadn't won a title in what several years. They, they, won, they won the one after Rivers' last one, didn't they? And that was the yeah, last one they won. Um, 
So that's that's taken a lot of pressure off, and they're now unbeaten in 30 competitive matches, mm. including the the draw in the Copa Argentina last last week, which they ended up going through on penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're going to be, uh, I won't say champions, but certainly there or thereabouts. Um, and I, think, I kind of agree, yeah. more or less, with what Seb is saying. I, I still think they're favourites, and I, I agree with what Dan was saying as well, that mm. they will focus on the Libertadores, but they won by so much, and they mm. had so much on the teams that were... They, they were, but there were think, four teams tied for second, and Boca finished 12 points, um, right. 12 yeah. points clear. But let me ask, let me ask a, you guys a question. Do you think that was because they were so superior, or do you think... I think more that they weren't particularly superior game for game, but just... On 11th consistency, they won the league. Yeah. And this consistency is going to be a lot harder to maintain if they're in two tournaments. Um, yeah, but I, I, the, the onus is going to be on the other teams to try and even match them for the... Mm. Yeah. Or even get anywhere near that kind of consistency. Mm. Even if Boca cannot uh, exactly you know, go through the season undefeated as they did last time, yeah. um, it's still such a big gap to breach. I, I think that if anyone's going to do it, I think Belas... Which we say every six months. <laughs> it's um, quite an easy bet, you know. But, you know, for this podcast is just under a year and a half old now, and uh, during that time, Mellis have been the most uh, um, consistent mm. over that period of time. Not for nothing are they <coughs> third best club in the world, according to the <laughs> IFFHS. That's true. Whatever yeah. the hell that means. Um, yeah, I, uh, I well, think if anyone's going to do it, then it will be them. But Seba as well, so he, uh, no, he, does, he says the enemy runner-up uh, can see Racing again falling short. Seba is a Racing fan, we should just remind people. The change of manager philosophy can't be a bad thing, considering Racing have attacking fullbacks that Simeone was only using to defend, and Basile should use Gio a few metres forward and won't have him tiring by chasing rivals like Simeone did. If they click early, they can probably go all the way, but if not, it'll be another typical wrestling disappointing season. I think he's... Uh, something that, that would give me optimism if I were a wrestling fan as well is that as Seb is kind of half-mentioned in, in that little bit where he mentioned Gio, uh, Giovanni Moreno and probably more surprisingly Teo Gutierrez have both stayed at wrestling. Mm. Um, I think, you know, at end of last season we were talking good. about how basically he was definitely going, Teo, yeah. and... Uh, now he's made us look all like idiots. Yeah. Thanks, Dale. Um, sort of had a change of heart. We discussed it briefly in one of the summer specials, I think. Where, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, he's around still. But yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting year for Racing fans. I think, well, we couldn't exactly get more defensive from last year, but <laughs> under Basili, we should definitely see a lot more offensive thrust, a lot more going forward in numbers. And do you see them as the, as the main challenger to Boca as well? I don't really want to say, but no. Objectively, objectively they. Just nod your head. Yeah. Objectively, they should definitely be up there. If we look at the squad, and of course we said the same thing at the start of the Apertura, and fair enough, they were there. They finished second on points, albeit a long way from Boca. Yeah, they and and Vélez, who obviously I I mentioned just a minute ago, were two of the four teams who finished on thirty-one. Another were were Colón, and I'm wondering whether they're going to Tigre, I believe. Tigre, Tigre were the other. Yeah, Uh, but I'm wondering whether Colón. Are going to have a little bit more sort of confidence going into that. They, they did really well to. I'm mm. sure it was Colón, wasn't it? They, they did really well so, yeah. to, to finish as high as they did, given Considering that they, they can't win at home. Exactly. Ever. I mean, <laughs> they won uh, two of their last three home matches, but the last of them was against Banfield, who lost uh, 19 matches during t- 2011, and then mm. lost the 20th of 2011 just last week to a delayed mm. game. Um, 
Kelowna are an and interesting yeah, that, that team. Was, yeah. That was a 4-1 win on the very last day. And I'm just wondering, whilst I was preparing my um, my previews of, of the first round for, for Hong Kong Jockey Club last night, uh, slash into the early hours of this morning, um, I, I kind of mentioned that I, I think some of that pressure that Kelowna sometimes feel playing mm. at home, this, this dreadful run having gone on for such a long time, just might have been lifted by the fact that they managed two wins out of three in their last game. Mm. Those were the only two home wins that they managed during the upper Dora. But the fact they came so relatively close together, um, it's going to be interesting to see whether they can they can do it, especially because they don't have any um, continental competition. They're not in the Libertadores, as Veles and Boca. And with Sudamericana qualification already having been decided as well, they're not really going to have that at the back of their mind either as, say... Racing have, have qualified for the Sudamericana yeah. um, already, so those two with already knowing, yeah. you know, they Plus are going to be involved yeah. in six months' time in the Copa Sudamericana, uh, which is the region's kind of UEFA Cup equivalent, if you like, um, might just feel a little bit less pressure. I don't know, but Colón don't have a very young team. That's, that's it's true, bad. but they've got a good team. This, you look at the Colón team, and it's very solid in all the kind of key positions they've got. They're not the most exciting players, but they're players that know the Argentine league from back to front, their, their season performance. I think what gets in Cologne's way more than anything, especially at home, is, is something that maybe us in, in Buenos Aires don't appreciate too much, is that they've got a hell of a lot of pressure on them. They're, well, depending on who you talk to in Santa Fe, they're the biggest team in Santa Fe. They're expected to always be up there and fighting for the championship. And I think this kind of localised pressure, it, it does kind of handicap them at, the t- at times because so I think it must have been the last three tournaments that they've been expected to do really spectacular things yeah. and they've fallen short each time especially l- this time last year it's they're expected to do really good things it, it's been a good kind of two years cycle now probably where I would say in those two years where they would have played um, uh, what 38 games let's yeah. say at home in those two years I, I'd be surprised if they've They've got double figures in terms mm. of wins. Yeah. It, it wouldn't surprise me if it was. And this is a team seven. that before, um, well, they yeah, don't call it the really Elephant's Graveyard for anything. It's yeah. Yeah. a traditional giant killing stadium where I think Santos have come and they've been beaten, River, Boca, Racing, yeah. like all these big teams. Yeah, so if they can't get over that sort of home, not being able to win at home, they're, they're obviously not going to be challengers. Um, yeah. yeah, I would sort of agree with Velez as the main challenger yeah. to Boca. Um, and what do we think of Lemus? Another thing. Sorry, with, with, with Meles, one other thing that's just occurred to me is, um, as I was saying a few days ago, that they've, they've managed to keep Juan Manuel Martinez. And we yeah, were all... For six months anyway. Yeah. He says he's going to be leaving in July, but he'll have but, one more term. But the initial thing was that he only even stayed to play the last Apertura because he had a child due mm-hmm. to be born during it and he wanted the kid to be born in Argentina. And so everybody here was talking, oh, well, you know, he's going to be going to Europe in January. And he's certainly good enough to have gone to Europe a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um the fact that they've got him again is, is similar to, to Teo and Gio staying at Racing is, is going to be a big boost for them yep. and they have Obolo a very good striker too mm-hmm. uh, but yeah sorry uh, English Dan mentioned as well uh, a team who Lanus. myself and Australia are going to be yeah. seeing this Friday in their first game and yep. a team that we love to build up and predict yeah. <laughs> big things for but at least last last tournament they disappointed us I think it's fair to say they did they seemed to be going great guns until the match were against Boca at home where they were sort of neck and neck with Boca at that stage yeah. I can't remember how many rounds in around 7 or 8 I think yeah um, somewhere around that I actually went to that match and yeah and they, they lost and they put in a, a fairly listless performance mm. and since after that they, they just kind of fell out of the race 
uh, which was a shame. I um, think they bounced back a little bit towards the end of the season, yeah. but it was too late. They'd already qualified for the Copa, so they were, yeah. they were pretty um, chilled. But on, on paper as well, they look like a team that should be up there fighting for it, so that would be the other... It's really hard to tell with Lanos. Yeah, I think one thing that's really going to handicap them this year is, even to, to a great extent, than Boca playing in the Libertadores, because they have a small squad, and if, say, Camaronesi, who... Let's face it, we can't see him really playing two games a week, can we, every week? No, he's pretty injured, injured at the moment. Even worse. But I'm yeah. wondering whether uh, Guido Pizarro, the very young, kind of deep-lying um, midfielder slash... Sort of somewhere between like a number five, which in Argentina is a defensive midfielder, yeah. what you call and a number eight, the fact that they didn't end up selling him to Fiorentina because he had mm. passport issues might turn out to be a blessing in disguise if oh, Camaronesi is nice. a blessing, play yeah. too frequently. For them, it's a blessing completely. Because the other thing with Camaronesi is even even if he does play every week, he's liable to get red carded uh, <laughs> you know, at the drop of a hat. It, it could easily happen, as we saw Marley harassing. Um, no, yeah, it'll, it'll be good to have him to have Pizarro for another six months at least, yeah. and I think he will be off to Fiorentina after that. But um, yeah. we I mean, all know what Argentine bureaucracy is like. Yeah. I think within six months he must get the passport. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you would think so. Um, but no, they have some some fantastic players like Riguero and mm. well, Valerio, of course, in midfield. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I'd like to see them do well. Yeah. Mm. Maybe a top six finish would be mm-hmm. would be a mutual. All right. So we'll always talk guys. But just they're, they're the one team. In, in terms of being teams that we always mention and that we always say that we enjoy watching, uh, they're, they're the one side who I can really see standing out on the list that we've not mentioned yet. Yeah. Do we give them much of a chance? They, they've in, in the last two years, I think two out of the last four short championships, they've managed to set a new club record for highest ever finish. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they're in the Copa Libertadores this year for the second time ever. The first time was 12 months yeah. ago uh, when they went out in the no, don't want, did they get through the qualification round? No, they, no, they went out to Liga de Quito. Yeah, Liga de Quito um, and Peñarol went through yeah, from that group. Whereas this year they've actually qualified, that's their league position, directly into the group stage. Um, no, Guadalajara Cruz were in the group stage last year. Oh, they were, weren't they? Sorry, yeah. you're right. Yeah, they missed out. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah, they, they, in a cracking group it was. Yeah. Absolutely cracking group. Um, do we give them a, a chance of either improving on their Libertadores showing last year? They're not in quite as hard a group, I would say, this year. Or possibly challenging near the top of the league again I can't see them challenging for the league because I think their consistency lets them down mm. they're such a kind of a, a gung-ho team in yeah. Argentine standards they can win 3-2 and then lose 4-1 and they, they yeah. hurt and that hurts them definitely in a league which you know if you can get if you can grind out the draws when you need them and then get the 1-0s that's worth so much more than these kind of like more cowboy yeah. cowboy they, sides they qualified for the Copa Libertadores this year by by being the best, uh, the fourth best Argentine team across the calendar year of 2011. But even whilst finishing fourth in that table, they still managed to concede more goals than anyone else mm-hmm. in the yeah. country in the top flight. Um, which says something for how strong their attack is. <laughs> but it's also they never pay any attention to defence. And even the the no. two signings they brought in, I can't remember the names, but they're both attacking players. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be. They do have a Lertara who's a very good. Uh, oh yeah, right, yeah, he's Ferro. He's a number traditional number five, but uh, okay. he should be interesting to watch. I'm looking mm. forward to seeing him in uh, Primera because I've seen him for a few yeah. years for Ferro. And it'll be interesting to see who the new how the new coach gets on because obviously we say about they were all gung ho, but that one of the coaches that was largely responsible mm. for that, uh, Jorge de Silva, has left. He'll be at Banfield the coming year. Bizarre um, move. A bizarre move. I think. 
The two aren't necessarily related. He he left Godot Cruz because of contract disputes, and, yeah. was, and then he just kind of fell into Banfield because it was open. But the new coach is the name escapes me. Um, it's no, no, not Neri Pompino. What am I talking about? He's taking charge at Argentinos or something, isn't it? No, it might be Pompino actually. I, I, for some reason, no, I think Corosito's at Argentinos. We can cut with this, but <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave this in because if it's if it is Pompino, I'll leave it in anyway. Yeah, uh, I don't think look it, it up online at the moment. Just click on the Wikipedia yeah. at the top of the page. Um, we'll cut all this out so we look we'll smarter. Yeah, oh, come on. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, yeah he's, he's as likely to, to play yeah. close to the wall attacking football. But maybe with a little bit more brains, he's, yeah. he's uh, someone who's coached a lot. And yeah. Before we move on from the challenges, we should mention the Estudiantes, or, should, or shouldn't we? Is it? It's always difficult to say. Within the challenges? Like, I don't know. Well, Estudiantes were the team who... Um, one year ago, when when Mystic Dan first the, the bane first of came Mystic about, Dan's predictions uh, throughout last year's Clausura, Dan didn't predict them to lose a single game, um, <laughs> and they ended up finishing somewhere around third or fourth from bottom. Uh, this year, he he was rather closer on his predictions for Estudiantes, but on paper, well, as I was saying just before we came yeah. on, they have uh, the now that they've just re-signed uh, Enzo Perez yeah that's um, a very good signing mm-hmm. excellent player at this level well they won the Copa de Libertadores in 2009 and they have 10 of the 11 starting team who who played in the final the only one who's missing is Schiavi who is the soccer and he was on loan for the final exactly you know, he played a couple of games for them yeah. um, so that's I mean that's the quality of the, the team that they have so it's quite unusual that they keep finishing so low on the table so. yeah. uh, I don't know if we should talk about them as a challenger or not in theory yes it all depend. I think it all depends on how they start the season. If they can string a couple of wins, then the confidence will come and they'll start playing a bit freer. I think what happens in the Apertura is that they started really awfully from the from the previous tournament, mm-hmm. had a few bad results, and you could see the heads just went there. Varon yeah. was injured, and he's so crucial to their chances. The, he can the other fit, thing, yeah. the other thing in terms of starting with confidence is that they uh, they won against Banfield last week. Um, the the fifteenth yeah. round uh, match between Estudiantes and Banfield in the Apertura was was called off after thirteen minutes due to, to crowd violence, essentially, um, and was replayed just just sort of a week and a half ago. With how long was it? A week and a half ago? Was it this Saturday? I missed gone? the whole thing. I, I was, was in Europe. Was last weekend. I, I apologise. It was this weekend just gone. It wasn't a week and a half ago. Um, they they played the remaining seventy seven minutes of that with with the new signings for, for both teams weren't allowed to take part because they'd they'd not been with the club um, when when the match kicked off um, and yeah Estudiantes who who went, started off that kind of replay one nil down uh, turned it round and won two one in the end so I think that's going to give them a bit of confidence maybe to to get off to a a good start when they play uh, Newell's at home yeah. uh, this coming weekend. Curious, well, yeah. Curious thing about that match is that both of those teams started and finished the game with different coaches. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's ever happened in the history of football, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, it was uh, it was an Estudiantes home game all the way through, but both bits of it were played in different stadiums because <laughs> it started off in Quilmes and finished in in La Plata. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a thoroughly bizarre affair all round. Wonderful. Uh, okay, let's go back to Sewa's not mystic predictions, but predictions. Only predictions. Only Dan so has predictions. Right. <laughs> uh, so he says relegation <laughs> next. Um, they start the Clausura with Tigre Olimpo in relegation places and San Lorenzo always in promotion. Which and that's is the relegation playoff. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, the relegation playoff, and that's how it'll finish. 
in my opinion. <laughs> Newell's were in a free fall, two places off uh, relegation p- playoff, but the arrival of Martino should be enough to for them to be okay this season. Um, San Lorenzo continue to be in crisis. Will not be an easy will not be easy to get out of there, and the pressure they mm. with the pressure they'll be under. Sorry, I yeah. think it's pretty hard to argue with any of that. Um, as as I said towards the end of the Apertura, I still want to believe that Tigre can can get out mm. of it. Um, if they have another first uh, twelve or thirteen rounds of the Clausura as as, as impressively as, as they did during the Apertura. And then if they can keep their focus after that and keep on pushing, they might be able to do it, especially if San Lorenzo uh, do as dreadfully as they did during the Apertura. Then I, I think literally those two teams meet. Is it in the last weekend, actually, or the penultimate weekend or something? And um, I, was, I was trying to... They, they played very close to the end of the championship yeah, in the Apertura. Um, and I, I worked it out. 17. It might be around 17, 17 in that case. Yeah. yeah, so the third last... Uh, it is yeah. Yeah, Tigre San Lorenzo on the on the sort of third last weekend of the Clausura, and I worked out after those two played each other in the Apertura, and then again after the Apertura finished, that if they both do as well uh, slash poorly as they did um, during the Apertura, they'll go into that game with a Tigre win, meaning that they would leapfrog San Lorenzo, um, right. and that's really crucial for for anybody who doesn't know really what we're talking about. Um, if you're a new listener, the Argentine relegation table is done on a completely different league table, which is worked out on on an average of points earned over the last three seasons. Um, just kind of trust us when we tell you who's struggling and who's not and whatnot, because it's going to be far too confusing if, if we try and explain it. I um, think, for me, Tigres' survival is going to depend more or less on how the two newly promoted teams have done, because I think at this point we can rule the Fajela and... Yeah, but if you let me finish off, sorry. Go Please. I think at this point, unless they have an absolute disaster, we can rule Rafaela and Bograno out of the relegation fight because they picked up a hell of a lot of points mm-hmm. in the first half and even if they have a mediocre season, they should be safe. The ones we have to watch are Union and San Martin, who are both down there. But they're not that far apart, though, because Dan and I were discussing this just before you got here, Dan. Um, uh, Union are on 25 from the Apertura San Lorenzo and Rafael have both got 26 they're only a point ahead Belgrano you're, you're quite right 31 points um, be absolutely fine if, yeah. if, if they can even just pick up say yeah. 17 or 18 points in the Clausura they ought to be okay normally around 50-ish is, is okay for, uh, for, yeah. for newly promoted sides so you have to remember Sam that even yeah. but I mean Union yeah. are, only, uh, are only just above the relegation spot yeah. But they're also they're only one point behind Rafael at San Martin. That's true. Um, out of those three, can you not see Rafaela pulling away at the start? The, the, way that, the way that Rafael has started the Apertura, if they can uh, you know, duplicate those results again yeah. at the start of the Clausura, the the fixture list is an exact mirror image. So the teams who played home and away uh, on, on the first day of the Apertura are now playing away and home as it were um, on the first day of the Clausura and so on throughout the season so if Rafaela can get similar results in the first half of the yeah. season then yeah but if their form in the second half of the Clausura now carries through I can see them dropping and Union picking up more points yeah. personally that, that, that's how I'm um, saying no I completely agree but yeah I think it's all going to depend on how those newly promoted teams do because let me see I think yeah Tigre are nine points behind San Lorenzo and I think it's hard to see them really making that up mm-hmm. yeah. over, a, over a short tournament 
but definitely if um, if those promoted teams uh, start to struggle that because of the way they're weighted with the average points Tigre could definitely make some ground yeah. I think the promotion is almost a definite almost a definite for Tigre hmm. you think so? I, I, uh, I can't in, in, in terms of like, above it in terms of finishing as a high point I mean I sort of feel I feel that there are as I've said all through the yeah. apertura as well I would love it if they could continue yeah. to sort of produce all these um, score all these points and, and yeah. somehow f- fight their way out I mean if they if they start the clausura like they started the apertura and they're, yeah. and they're sort of up there and fighting for promotion and the confidence will be there. They picked up 27 points the first half of the season, which is a very, very good title. Yeah, uh, title. I mean, I'm going to start going to every home game. I think if they're if they're like <laughs> kind sure. of forcing this epic fight into the into the first be, division, yeah. I just don't think they will. Actually, um, I really think it's pretty unlikely. But you know, we'll see how they go. No, I'd, I'd agree. I'd, I'd love to be proved wrong, um, and I wouldn't necessarily. I don't think any of us would, would bet against Tigre surviving. Um, but neither are we going to be putting any money on it, as it were. Uh, I would bet against them surviving. You would, but you, you put money on them going down. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So those two things, these are the two things I'd like to ask about. I think Seba touched on yours, and I don't know about you guys, and it's not for being subjective or anything, but I don't think Racing have to worry about the the relegation fight too much. No, yours and Arsenal. What Racing's team are. A two, the team that they have and you know the points total that they had in, in the upper tour yeah. if they can get even close to getting within say six points of that then they're going to be fine definitely um, yours and Arsenal are the two real interesting ones for me what Seba said in his in his email about uh, Newell's appointing Gerardo Martino mm-hmm. um, coach and Newell's legend exactly yeah uh, Martino was named a couple of years ago in a poll of Newell's fans as their greatest ever player he's never managed them before um mm-hmm. But if if he has the the kind of the new manager, you know, bounce or or whatever mm-hmm. you would call it. Um, Plus, he's a very very good manager. In his yeah, own right. he's a very good manager, and and if he can inject a little confidence into their team, mm-hmm. um, then I think he's right. I, I yeah. think Seb is right that, that 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 should be enough, at least for this season. Next season, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, Arsenal. Can we just bring the relegation table up again, Dan, for a second? Yeah. Arsenal uh, will. Uh, they didn't do badly in the upper Dora no. in terms of points. They, they they were very much mid table, but yeah. um, I, they, they weren't as good as they had been in previous seasons. So no, it's hard to see. I don't, they yeah, they could be in trouble if they get off to a bad start. But you know, at the same time, we're talking about how fantastically uh, Tigre kept up this fight up until sort of the last three rounds of the upper Dora. Arsenal only won three points fewer than Tigre. Mm-hmm. Um, if if they can get anywhere near Tigre's points total, then then they're going to be okay because they'll make it very difficult for Tigre to catch them, mm-hmm. and and that that's really what Tigre have to aim at if they do want to climb out of the relegation places is catching Arsenal who are, who have played the same number of games as them. I think just looking at this um, at looking at this title as a bit on the side uh, table. I mean, I can't say table today for some reason. <laughs> it comes out as total table. No, no. Anyway, looking at this table, I think. We can all sort of see the ridiculousness of the promedio, as we've talked about a lot of times. That Banfield picked up all of 11 points in the first half of the season. Now we're near relegation. They have almost no, yeah, almost no chance of even getting close to the playoffs. Having said that, when the 2009-2010 
points totals get, get taken off the crying? table at the end of the season, Banfield are going to be completely and totally screwed. Yes. Um, <laughs> so if you've got a mortgage, mortgage bet on Banfield being relegated from the Primera at the end of next season, yeah. <laughs> um, halfway through 2017. So if William Hill is taking that market. <laughs> yeah, if, if William Hill actually give you any kind of odds on it, then they're bloody idiots because there's yeah. no way Banfield are going to stay up when, when that happens unless they pick up so yeah they probably will so do we all, I think the important question here is do we all think that San Lorenzo are going to be relegated um, I don't think I think they'll go to the promotion I'm really hoping it turns out to be a San Lorenzo Huracan game in the promotion which would be mm. fantastic and probably would end in bloodshed <laughs> but <laughs> and the which we did in half of the city of Buenos Aires going up in flames. Yeah, but I which we do not endorse. Like no, no, not. of course. And if they played Ferro, it'd be even <laughs> more interesting. Oh, I'd go to that game. Would you? Absolutely. Ferro San Lorenzo. Yeah. And Ferro are doing very well. In there. The Green yeah. Cathedral. Well, it would only take a very small drop off in form for River for um, River San Lorenzo, Clasico potentially in the playoffs. Um, if River even make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> second at the moment. It's not the same things now, sir. Um, I think I think they might play the promotion, but I've got a feeling they're going to squeeze out of it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as in play the promotion, but avoid relegation. Exactly. Win, win the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I'm kind of edging towards agreeing with Dan. Um, Thank you. They, they're in. It, it, it won't be. An, it's not an exaggeration to say the San Lorenzo are in crisis. Uh, they, they are in in their own way as bad a situation as as River were a year ago. Um, but at the same time, if not worse. It's, it's not being anywhere near as widely covered because they're not either River or Boca. They're, they're San Lorenzo. They're not as yeah. as big a club. Um, albeit they are still very much one of the one of the big five in Argentina. Um, I say at the same time, you could say it's a crisis of confidence rather than a crisis of. Playing stuff, they've got the players. Yeah. If they can click, if they get the confidence, yeah, they can do it. They've definitely got. They've got people like uh, Romagnoli. They've got. One other thing that I well, first of all, is that that's that's how I saw River for a lot of. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the River situation. But also, one huge difference that it's going to make is that for basically the whole of the Apertura, during which they won 19 points, which is the equivalent of what six wins, a draw, and everything else lost, um, San Lorenzo had an injury list which. At no point, I don't think, drop below about seven first-team players who would even crisis, normally have yeah. been seven starters yeah. on the injury list. They, they weren't always necessarily the same all the way through, but it was always at least that number. Mm. At the moment, they've got one starter injured. Suddenly, yeah. they're actually going to be able to field their first-choice team. It's going to be interesting. They had a terrible, terrible pre-season, but that doesn't often mean anything. So. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. For me, the promotion... Play. I'd, I'd agree with Dan. Yeah. Promotion and, go and they'll win it. Yeah. Um, Let's go back to the, the other point on, on the relegation playoffs and table and, and Tigre's chances of avoiding it is if you're listening and you're a, a Juan Sebastián Merón fan, um, it's it's worth bearing in mind that if if Tigre don't manage to climb out of the the relegation or relegation playoff places, then they've already qualified at the moment for the Copa Sudamericana. But assuming they are involved in the playoffs or, or go down, um, Estudiantes will take that spot. So if you're an Estudiantes fan, you don't want Tigre to do well this season. Mm-hmm. Or, or you might want them to do well, but you don't want them to do too well. That's, that's all I was going to yeah. add. Keep talking, guys. But he'll be yeah. retiring when he... Yeah, so that probably doesn't matter to me. Oh, no, sure, but... <laughs> 
So if you're in a studio, it's it, it, If you're a Severberon fan, then it would make him very happy. If <laughs> yeah, he'll probably be manager by then. If you're Severon, if you're Sever Veron, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah. If you're, if you're listening and you're Severberon, you want. Let's go back to Sever. Um, I still feel his presence here. Sever Garcia, not Severberon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Sever. Seba Garcia says the surprise package Newell's not only their new manager but also the mood he helped change wouldn't be a surprise if they finished well above mid-table alright surprise surprise packages from each of us who cannot we're not allowed to say Newell's let's try and go for a different team each surprise package I'm gonna say I think it's quite difficult to say surprise really given that we've had the apertura to get to have some idea yeah it's not too much of a surprise I think Arsenal could do could do pretty well this season Okay. I think I'm not saying they're gonna fight the championship but I think Top four, top five is is within reach. Mm-hmm. Sam, you want me to go first? Yeah. Right? Um, I'll. I, I, actually, I kind of said it earlier, so I'll, I'll say Colon. Um, I'm. I'm going to. Having said earlier that uh, if they can overcome their nerves at home, then they should do well. I'm now going to stick my neck out and and say I think they will. Um, and uh, yeah, with, with the team they've got, there's no reason that they can't be up there especially looking at their away form last season if they can improve even slightly on their home form and keep up the same kind of away form that they've had for the last year and a half really uh, then they could be a very dangerous team I don't think they'll win the title but they could end up very high up the table Okay, I was going to say Independiente but I don't want to get the silent treatment from my two colleagues for the rest, yeah, of, the, right. rest of the year. We should probably mention Independiente at some stage <laughs> Well you we know. just did so. oh, that's fine. Um, I'm going to go with Rafaela and I'm, like, I'm going to Say that they're going to have a similar start to last season, uh, last to the Apertura, but sort of kick on a bit and try and maybe finish in the top three or four this time. Mm. Um, and then we have Seba. Don't know if I'm missing any other important predictions. Oh yes, top goal scorer, offensive tail. I have to say it. But who does he think is going to be top goal scorer? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thank you. I'm here all week. Top scorer, I'll go for Esteban Fuertes since I've said Colón for surprise oh package. Yeah. Um, Fuertes is, is one of the, the few players now that Martin Palermo's retired who you can pretty much say is going to be on the podium for top goal scorer every single short tournament. So, I think that Theo's going to be going to be top scorer. I'm going to coincide with my esteemed Racing colleague and Hannibal colleague and say Theo's... I fancy him to have a really good season. Not no, saying that Rassi necessarily will, but Theo is going to explode this year. Maybe Rolando Schiavi, he is Fokker's <laughs> first choice penalty taker. He is. Um, no, I'm going to go for Ovalo for Vélez. I think it's a very good sign. It could mm. be very fruitful. Yeah. I agree. He's, he's already made a point of saying how happy he is training with them as well, how, how he gets uh, he gets to sort of play a lot more football than he did for Arsenal um, and, and whatnot. I, I agree. I, I'm looking forward to certainly to seeing how he um, how it works out. Yeah, and it's going to be yeah, really interesting, great. and I think he could add something to to Vélez's team, which they they lost with with the transfer of Santiago Silva. I think he's going to be a very good replacement for him. Um, Sam, if I can butt in with your hosting duties for a second, I think we're missing one vital question, which is going to be how are River going to do in the second half of the National B? Uh, as well as they did during the first half of the National B, and I think if they can keep their heads and not get hysterical every time they drop points mm-hmm. which is asking a hell of a lot yes. in Argentina from what we saw in the first half of the season there has been but a lot of hysteria as, as I kind of hinted out when I said that it would take a drop off in form for River to end up in the playoffs I think I, I don't really care whether River win the title or not but I think that, that we'll get promotion um, automatic, automatic promotion, promotion. Yeah, they'll finish either first yeah. or second in, in my opinion Trestegay may not 
be able to be fit enough to play every game, but he doesn't need to be. Yeah. Um, you say that they are in enough. second, which is true, but well, joint second, joint yeah, second. Yeah, Rosario Central on the same. It's very close, actually. Yeah. It's, it's worth mentioning that actually, because um, in Argentina, if, if teams in a meaningful position are tied on points, so if it's to decide the title or to decide a promotion spot or anything, um, goal difference is not used to separate them. So if River and Central, for instance, were to finish as they are at the moment, tied on points, they would have to play a one-off. Um, in a neutral ground a, a playoff to decide who in, in this case at the moment who went up automatically and who goes into the playoff uh, Dan how are Ferro going to do? Ferro are lurking just behind on 27 points so yeah. we've got River uh, we've got Instituto who are a fantastic team I was really looking forward to going and seeing them last weekend against Ferro yeah, yeah. they've scored 11 goals in 19 games mm. Ferro yeah Wow. Yeah, it's like they're like the Boca of the second division. <laughs> <laughs> Although they've conceded. I think they've conceded, but, yeah, yeah. but that's pretty impressive, you know. <laughs> to be that high up the table, whilst that's yeah. a lot of near no draws there. <laughs> it's, it's almost as impressive as Racing during the upper tour, isn't it? Yeah, I think that, it's more it was far more goals conceded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they are lurking. But no, I know what you mean. It, it sounds like a really big gap but in fact the, the gap to Kilmesser in the second uh, playoff spot is only six points, which is two wins. Yeah. If, if, if yeah. Kilmes lose, Federal can pick up a win somewhere, then and, and then Federal can yeah. beat. That's always the, the Nacional League is very yeah. very tight, and there's yeah. a lot of teams. On Any it, team so. you'd say probably in the top twelve could make a run for the make a run for the playoffs. Yes. And in case you haven't already guessed from the way that we're talking about the first and second halves of those campaigns. Um, Nacional B is, is a, a proper league that, that's done with one championship that goes throughout the season. Everybody plays everyone else home in a way. But it still uses average points. And, you know, <laughs> it still uses the average points for relegation, but it doesn't have two short championships during the course of the season. So the the team that win Nacional B have actually been the best team in it over the course of that season. Mm. Um, I'd fancy Instituto at this point. You'd oh, have totally. to say. And then, uh, I'm very excited about them coming up in. in Six months time, which mm-hmm. is very interesting. Yeah. Um, they should be really good in the first yeah. division. Yep. All right, should we move on? Should we do our try and do our movie? Yeah, genre? I'm, I'm wondering whether we should do. Do you think we do the other questions first of all, and leave the the really, frankly, silly one um, <laughs> until last? Or yeah, let's do the the proper questions first, then we'll get on to Rouse Madness. Yeah, absolutely. Madness okay, so we. I, I, I sent a, a <laughs> I sent a tweet uh, a couple of hours ago, three three hours or so ago now, asking people to give us their questions um, for the class or to come. We had a few good suggestions. Um, we didn't really have any bad suggestions, so well done, everybody. I noticed that Sebo is tweeting as we speak, so yeah, yeah he's been too busy that he couldn't make it. No. Um, anyway, questions. Right, go for it. Let's stop this silliness. <laughs> uh, we have another bottle of rosé to come. Excellent. Oh, excellent. I was just thinking that we didn't have enough booze down us already. Um, <laughs> first of all, first question from Zook82. Uh, that's Z-U-C-8-2. Zuccolini um, fan. No, he could maybe be. Maybe yeah, yeah. um, Although, no, it's too old. No. Ah. Well, maybe he was born in 82 and, and he's a fan of Zuccolini rather than... Could be Zuccolini's dad. Yeah. Just about. <laughs> I'm not sure how that would work, biologically speaking. But, uh, pregnancy, the earliest, <laughs> earliest puberty <laughs> recorded history. Anyway, <laughs> Suk82 would like to know. He's he probably never heard of Suk. <laughs> wondering what the hell we're talking about. 
Kanpoka maintain the consistency from the Apertura, or will the Libertadores be a distraction? I think we've, I think we've kind of covered that, that one. Yeah. Um, in in short, we'll see. Yes, <laughs> but the, the Libertadores is going to be an inevitable distraction. So I don't think any of us are going to fancy Boca to go unbeaten again, are we? No, no. But uh, we talk about how it's impossible to do both, but we forget about Venice. What was that a year ago when they were semi that's, that's why it's impossible to do both because it's it, a team as good as Velas. Okay, I, I, I always say with, with any um, yeah, Velas started, started that Clausura far and away the best team in the league, yeah. and they only won it kind of the penultimate game. I think maybe two or three points. Okay, there. but they yeah, I mean they, they they were one penalty kick away from the final of the Libertadores, mm. and they still won that. Yeah, and I think. But I think the Boca team of the Apertura isn't as good as that Venice team by any means. No. That Boca... In terms of results, it's... In terms of... Yeah, in terms of results, yeah. But we're talking about a team that got, you know, to the, to the semi-final, as you say, one penalty kick away, and they also won the league. And they had players of the quality of Maxi Morales and Santiago Silva. They, admittedly, Boca now take <laughs> Santiago Silva. <laughs> uh, Ricky Alvarez... Um, yeah, yeah, I think quality-wise, if not consistency-wise, that Vela's team was better. Was it an exceptional team, you think? Yeah, it was an exceptional. They, they, they were strong in. They, they had depth yeah. in attack as well. Yeah. As, as in I think if, those, yeah. if, if something happens to, uh, I mean, Riquelme isn't going to be able to play every single game. So if something happens to Chavez, or even mm. just if Chavez has a couple of off weeks, which you know everybody knows he's more than capable of doing. And I think Skiavi as well. If something happens to Skiavi, he really does hold that defense together. Mm. He could start. Start struggling. Speed, as we like to call him on hand of pod. Rolando Scaliavi. Miss congeniality. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Ask us on Twitter if you don't know what we're we're talking about. Um, (laughs) We've had another question from uh, Wanchope underscore Dickov, uh, who's a Manchester City fan, as you can guess from that name, and is also a a huge Godoy Cruz fan uh, in Argentina, um, who would like to know whether Diego Michar is still the best player in Argentina. He also wants to know how many goals Diego Michel is going to score against Universidad. I always get mixed up here. La U is Universidad Católica, isn't it? No. Or is no, it it's Universidad de Chile. Okay, he, he wants to know how many goals Michel is going to score against them in the Libertadores well, this week. two, I think, is the answer to that. And is he still the best player in Argentina? He's the best bearded player. Without exactly. That's, it's very that's good to end up knowledge, though, because that, that was something we mentioned. Do you, even, do you guys even remember mentioning that? Oh, no, but he's a huge Michel fan. We mentioned it because of one of his questions. I, I think. Did we know? Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I also really like Diego Michel. Um, I can't wait to watch Universidad de Chile against Goda Cruz actually that's going to be spectacular and uh, I'm really glad that he didn't move to San Lorenzo as well Uh, that was one of the kind of longest transfer sagas of the summer we're talking about Racing as well he would have been brilliant Mm. yeah But, but seeing seeing him in the Libertadores and for a team who are certainly you know if he'd moved to Racing as well it would have been the case for a team who are going to be challenging for the title um is much more you know as somebody who likes him um much more kind of where I think he should be than, than getting into San Lorenzo and involved in a relegation fight uh, mm. just in order to essentially to get some more money from a team who don't really have any money as it is yeah. um, we've got a couple of questions from iFootball10 uh, that's iFootball as in as in iPad or iPod or, or whatever <coughs> I don't believe he's related to the Apple company but no probably not um, and then one zero with, without any spaces who says first of all who would we like to see up front for Boca? Um, my 
But I'd love to see Juan Manuel in Sarralde and Rogelio Funes Mori up front for Boca as a replica. <laughs> yeah, speaking as a Racing fan, I'd love to see um, a late signing for Pablo Caballero from Racing. Yeah. That would be brilliant. And maybe uh, Funes Mori. I think yeah. we take a swap, maybe Santiago Silva for Funes Mori. Yes, yeah. that, that, that would be superb. I think that, I, 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 yeah. he that probably means if we were Boca fans, though. For comedy um, value, I'd like to see uh, Mauche. <laughs> Mauche, I think, has played 112 games or something for Boca and has 8 goals as a forward. So I'd like to see Mauche playing up front for Boca. Uh, so everybody has heard that Pablo Mauche is an extremely talented player. The reason uh, that he scored so few goals is that he doesn't have a brain. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> He's um, the Argentine football scarecrow, basically. Yeah, but if he ever gets to us, then he'll be the complete player. More, more, more seriously, and to, to stop taking the piss out of people who are asking us these questions in good faith. The wine started flying, I don't know if you From. Know. Yeah, you may have heard that, the pop of that cork just then. That's, that's the giveaway as to why we're. And the quality of our answers. From Boca's squad, and I'm presuming that we're only talking about the Klaus Sora, and therefore that Santiago Silva is, is ineligible. Um, who who would we most want to see up front if they're going to play, say, two strikers? Are we saying that Viatri is pretty much ruled out until about April, um, I believe, right? Yeah, Viatri was out for yeah. minimum six months, so okay. he's out until at the very earliest, late yeah. March, if that. Blandi or Mauchi look the best GI for, uh, for Boca. Yeah. As much as we take the piss out of Mauchi. He's, he's a good... Cre- even though he's not the most prolific, he does create, he runs, he doesn't have a brain, but he... Came across occasionally. Svitanic, you wouldn't. I'd, I'd go for Machi and Blandi. Blandi okay. has impressed me every time he's played. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. He had that fantastic little kind of run. It was only two matches, but he scored two twice in a row. And then he scored two in that friendly against some little team from the B. Like I can't remember his name. Oh, I think we, I didn't watch those. So yeah, you're right. Um, but you're <laughs> right. He, he scored twice in the the completely meaningless super classic. Not so super classic. Um, summer friendly a few weeks ago, but also. During the Apertura, when he was called on, he had two matches in a row where he scored twice. Yeah, before he um, got injured. And then got injured himself after replacing mm-hmm. Lucas Viatri in injury. So I, I think I'd go with Dan, actually, as well. And Melche, if only to provide some, what they say in Spanish, kind of verticality. Um, Speed as well. Which yeah. He doesn't settle defences. Um, it's a disequilibrium. Yeah, and, and, and when he's got his... We mentioned, actually, at times during the Apertura, where even though he's not weighing in with goals all the time... To an extent, he seems to have found a little bit of discipline under Falcioni. Yeah. If only because Falcioni is such a terrifying man that Malche is... To look at it, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, Dan, do you... Uh, I would probably go for Svitanic uh, over Blandi, but uh, again, it's, I mean, it's probably more to do with form than anything. I think Svitanic is a classier player, but... Mm. Um, Problem is, if you so play Svitanic and Malche together, you don't really have that kind of natural goal scorer, I think. I don't think Svitanic is... Mm. Uh, is a natural goal scorer. One, one thing I do think bears being said is that a couple of years ago you were looking at Boca's team when, when Martin Palermo was out injured for a long time and Juan Roman Riquelme was a far better finisher than either of the strikers that he was threading mm-hmm. through balls through yeah. to. That's not the case anymore. Um, so from that point of view if Riquelme can stay fit playmaking yeah. um, and if, if one of Nobody's going to think that um, but yeah, if if one of those strikers can can stay fit, Boca should be there or thereabouts again. Um, the other question that that iFootball Ten is asking us is: Can Riquelme produce one more quality season? Um, Short answer yeah. for me: Yes. If he stays fit, yes. Uh, if he stays fit, then even if he's playing at fifty percent of his capacity, 
he's still one of the best playmakers in the league. If he's playing at 75% of his capacity, he's the best playmaker in the league. Uh, aside from Vichar, of course. Obviously, yeah. But and Gia, let's not forget Gia. <laughs> no. And Lerton. <laughs> um, and Diego Valeri. Yeah. I think I saw a question that just came up on Twitter that was directed at us saying, who do we think is the best signing of the summer? I don't know if you guys want to... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that was intended for the podcast, but it, it's a fairly good one to tackle here anyway, since it happens to have come up from uh, Javier Perez. Yeah, from uh, Javier Perez 108, if you want to follow him on Twitter. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Obolo, who we've already mentioned. is a very good signing. He, he yeah. could prove to be really, really shrewd signing. Yeah. Um, well, and you know, we all kind of said last season at various points that part of the reason that Vélez was struggling to keep up was the fact that they lost Santiago Silva on transfer deadline day with no time to bring anyone else in um, so Obolo could be a, a very good player in terms of finding as near as possible a light for light replacement if he can keep up the form that he was in for Arsenal not really a signing but a bit of luck for Lanús in that Pizarro won't be moving to Fiorentina mm-hmm. and also, as a federal fan I'll say Lertora for Godoy Cruz could be good I'm very interested to see him in the first division and I'm going to be incredibly objective here and say that Independiente have put off an absolute steal by getting uh, Ernesto Farias. Mine and Australian Dan's eyebrows have just gone through the roof. I can, um, I can see him. No, I, I agree. I, I think it's a good signing. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm we've just seen, surprised uh, that you're, you're praising Independiente. No, um, I'm not so much praising Independiente as Farias, I think. Farias is a former Estudiantes and River striker. He's mm. also played for, what, Benfica, Dunkley, yeah. on Wikipedia at the moment, but we're trying to name him. <laughs> and do you know what he was? Crusader, he was. Crusader, yeah, you're right. He also has one of the most brilliant nicknames in football. Uh, La Tecla. El Tecla. El Tecla, sorry. Which is short for the keyboard. And do you know why? No, I haven't a clue. Because of his uh, teeth. He's got sort of like missing teeth. <laughs> so that's a, proper, that's a proper area forward, you know. He's got a real goal st- scoring instinct and he's definitely better than Facundo Parra. He's one of the most ordinary players I've ever seen walk a football pitch. Mm. And I, I saw Independiente only, only in the summer against Racing in the Clásico and they were dreadful. Porto, uh, I apologise. Farias wasn't playing. Portuguese football fans, I apologise. I said they're going to be absolutely up Porto. in yeah. Um, But yeah, Farias could give them something extra, and I think it's a fantastic signing for Independiente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd agree, and, and it was an area that they they really struggled yeah. with. Like last season, I mean, their defence wasn't brilliant, but it wasn't especially bad either. But in attack they just didn't score enough no they've um, got creators they've got um, yeah. Pato Rodriguez and, and, and another reason yet, another reason that, that this is a really kind of uh, a question worth asking is that during the summer break um, Argentina's first division teams have been limited to only two signings yeah. uh, by, by the AFA I, I think uh, San Lorenzo I think it was or, or somebody else were, were allowed an extra one in the last minute because one of their players got picked up an injury yeah. just a few days ago which has ruled them out for the whole of the Clausura so they were allowed to sign an extra player but apart from that they're limited to, to only two so it's, it's really is a case of the teams are having to look around and to to see who's available and, and exactly what they need everybody's had to consider it very carefully um, so it's going to be interesting to see who beds in most quickly and, and which yeah. players turn out to be really clever signings um, I think it's time to move on to Paraguay Ralph's question now, much as we're dreading it. Okay. Um, Go for it, Dom. 
Paraguay Ralph is, is the, the Twitter handle of our friend Ralph Hanna. Very He's nice man. Uh, appeared as a handle podcast on, is it two, twice or once? We've met him here in uh, twice. I think twice he's been on. He, he, he was, was a Paraguay expert, Copa very America Copa America, special, and then he, he was on, oh, it was a silent guest, of course yeah. it was, he was sitting just I thought we let him speak at the end a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, we took that a, gag a couple of months ago. Um, and yeah, he, he, he has asked us um, whether we can liken each of the teams in the Primera. To be fair to Ralph, I put the question out there and like, what can we compare each Primera team to? As why would you do that? Yeah, well, just why? Because he's a glutton for punishment. And Seems I so. think he's the best suggestion. Of uh, so we're going to try and name a movie genre for each team. <laughs> we, we've got a couple. We've, we've pre-planned this to an extent, but most of these are going to be made up. This could go on. horribly, horribly wrong. Um, all right, so should we do go down the order of the list here? Let's, um, let's, yeah. I don't know why this is the order that they have it down, but it's not in any kind of order, I don't think. It starts as alphabetical order, but... It started as alphabetical order. All right, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, Atletico Rafaela. Oh, you know what it is? They, they've got A, B, C, E, uh, and then it starts to go up for some reason. <laughs> so it's anti-alphabetical, apart from the top two of right. both A's. Because that's stupid, <laughs> probably. Um... Anyway, go on. Atletico Rafaela. Where did you get this list from? Uh, that's the old A list, and I think it's the upper right. list as well. Um, <laughs> Alright, we've got suspense for Atletico Rafaela. Yep. The reasoning behind that being... If we can't remember why, we're not going to explain. Like, <laughs> all boys, we've got a, a gangster movie, because they're... And anyone who saw them play last season yeah. will. They're like a mob, kind of, yeah, calling hits on people. Um, Vélez. Disaster? No, no that's San Lorenzo. San Lorenzo, right. the... Yeah. Oh, you got the tiny little line there. Yeah, yeah. So, San Lorenzo, a disaster, because uh, I was suggesting actually a kind of a low budget disaster remake, because the real, the, the big budget disaster blockbuster, of course, was River going down last season. And San Lorenzo looked like following them in, in perhaps similar circumstances, but ones that aren't going to be anywhere near. So, us. River were like Titanic, and, yeah. and, and San Lorenzo will be like the, the movie they make about the Italian cruise ship that just sunk, kind of thing. Yes, or, right. or the making of Titanic. Perhaps. So, like, B disaster movie is San Lorenzo. Villas, do you guys let's, have any? Let's go for a remake, because they're going to want to try and remake their season from the 2010 class order. Alright, good. <laughs> okay. Good one. Yeah. So, a remake of a classy European movie, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, Racing? Uh, Racing is a difficult one. I'm hoping it's going to be a bit of a fantasy, but usually um, Racing is a mixture of. I think Racing is more of a black comedy. Okay, a dramedy. A lot. No, a black a black comedy. I'd say. You know, a lot of awful, awful things happen over the season, and in the end, you've just got to laugh. Yeah, as a relative neutral who enjoys watching Racing and going to a lot of their home games because they're nearby, uh, I'd agree with that, actually. Yeah. As someone Excellent. who often watches them and doesn't really give a toss either way. Um, Limpo. Limpo. Horror. It's got to be horror. <laughs> Fine. Because? <laughs> it's because, especially in the winter, they play by the coast, it's dark, it's windy, it's damp there. And then you have to watch 90 minutes of possibly the worst football you've ever seen. <laughs> Alright, It's enough. pretty horrific. Fair enough. Well, they, they often play very late at night, actually, as well, yeah. for some reason, which is bizarre when they're playing home games against a team from Buenos Aires whose, whose fans are going to have to travel back 800 kilometres yeah. immediately after the game. Um, Union? Union. This one's not going to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially some kind of grisly uh, slasher movie, purely because of Marcelo Sarmiento's hideous 
leg break during mm-hmm. the upper daughter. Yeah. Um, no, I'm wondering if we can yeah. get something slightly less tenuous than that. But no, they're all going to be tenuous. Tigre put epic because I mean, look, we're going to. I was thinking actually while we were going down just now, maybe an underdog story kind of thing. Well, probably perhaps an epic underdog story. Come like a mighty ducks kind of thing. Yeah, or yeah. this new one that Brad Pitt's uh, I don't producing it about the baseball thing. Yeah, um, that's the kind of thing we're going to be watching with Tigre this year. So, uh, San Martín de San Juan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's choose one from here. Made for TV special. No, we've already had that. How do we know? San Martín de San Juan could almost be. Um, I know it's not a genre, but it is in fact just a film. Schindler's List, in as much as. As so much of the Argentine Primera happens in black and white, and San Martin have the Primera's only Brazilian player. He stands out like the the little uh, red-coated girl in the list. Let's go. We didn't yeah, say that these were going to be tenuous. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy to say that. Um, Goy Cruz? No, so Western. That, that's a suggestion from um, Chico Harris, is it, on, on Twitter, who said that. Which is very good, because they're after from we started recording. Mendoza and... Yeah, Chico Harris. Yeah, uh, or, or possibly a documentary about winemaking. Yeah, it could kind of be. Um, it could kind of be a French film set in uh, in the Loire Valley or mm. wherever they make or wine. You know, lots of is it farmers going around the business? Yeah. Very industrious. Very is it sideways the the wine movie? I don't. Know. I don't think I'm, we need to have a clip. But yeah, we yeah. could probably plug uh, Ian Mount sideways at yeah. this point, though. Yeah, yeah we should plug Ian yeah. Mount's excellent book and yeah. then ask him whether he'll give us a, a kickback. Uh, for every copy sold, if you, if you buy Ian Mount's history of Argentine wine, Vineyard uh, at the end of the world, it's called. Thank you, Vineyard at the end of the world. Please uh, write an email to Amazon or wherever you buy it from and tell them that you bought it as a result of listening to Hand of Pod, um, and then we'll try and talk him into giving us some money or break his legs. Um, Belgrano, what on earth does that say? Crying game? No, coming no. of age. <laughs> coming of age drama. Coming of age drama. Uh, I think just because. They were uh, the team that didn't start. They, they just came up from the, the second division, mm-hmm. and they they didn't win for for many weeks in the in the in the first division, and then they they actually finished quite well. Yeah. So they sort of found their identity. Um, yeah. They're, they're going to have to find it all over again in, during the class order sure. as well, because Franco Vasquez is probably the biggest loss, yeah. single loss to any of the teams. It's a shame he left because otherwise we could have made the link with silent movies, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Il Mudo, the yeah. mute. Um, I think Newell's actually, I'd like to change my point of view. Yeah, that is, gets over Newell's. Yeah, yeah, Newell's is a true Mighty Ducks story here. We have a, <laughs> we have a disparate group of losers. That sounds Mighty Ducks on DVD. I love Mighty Ducks, yeah. It's the we only have, film he ever watched. <laughs> three times a night. Exactly, and there's three different films, so that's nine different films a night. So we have a disparate group of losers here. You know, they have newspapers, newspapers with pads, they get beaten by everyone. The inspirational coach comes in. He's been at the top. He might have, he fell away for a bit. He was unknown. He's come back, and now he has the the opportunity, the challenge of bringing this ragtag bunch of morons to the top. It is Mighty Ducks, Orlando. There we go. Yep. Uh, I think I just so, so that's dropped a little tear there. <laughs> Belgrano with a little bit excited. Um, Lanus. Lanus, so it's a like erotic thriller. Hmm. Yeah. It's sort of like maybe 90s erotic thriller type of basic instinct. Um, yeah. yeah. Are you I referring to Cameron Nays' haircut here? Like, well, I'm referring to the midfield, basically. Yeah. I think Cameron Nays could definitely appear in a softcore porn film. <laughs> Independiente? 
I'm, I'm tempted to say noir or kind of Orson Welles era type thing purely because Ramon Diaz likes to think he comes out with some great lines and he talks all the fucking time that's true um, all the bloody time it's kind of like a Clark Gable Sorry, Orson Welles era kind of thing yeah alright fine well, and also, it. also yeah. the other thing with Independiente is they keep on going on about how good they used to be several decades ago. Yeah. I made the link with Clark Gable as well because I could just say, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Very nice. Um, Estudiantes, I put here mystery just because it's a mystery why they, they play so badly with such a good team mm. for the last season and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Colon, Colon. I, I'm tempted to say sort of Spinal Tap for Colon. It's a re- bunch of really old blokes. <laughs> um, you're not quite sure whether they're taking the piss when they keep losing games at home all the time and and so on that, that's really very tenuous indeed yeah. isn't it I'm just well, my, my pick before was for kind of a road movie because you know they go out they get in their cars and they have great fun and then they all come back home and it's just like oh we can't do this and you can cut this but I was <laughs> That's a fantastic way of introducing your idea. <laughs> I was going to say porn subsection anal porn. Colin, the name is Colin. Yeah, okay. hilarious. <laughs> this is the level of wit that you can expect on Hand the Pod for the rest of 2012, gentlemen and ladies. Uh, Banfield. There's a tumbleweed blowing across the studio at this point. Yeah, Banfield is just awful. <laughs> I'm going to cut an extremely yeah. long break while we try and work out what the hell we're going to say for Banfield here. Banfield. This has got to be just a comedy because they get worse. This is kind of like a Three Stooges deal. They hit Jaro over the head and nothing ever gets done and they fail every week. I'm going to leave the reasoning in, by the way, guys, when I edit all this. Uh, so now I'm going to say straight to DVD just because nobody watches them and nobody cares. Um, I think my, my choice for Arsenal is uh, Art House because occasionally you get get a good performance and an interesting little film occasionally they're absolutely awful but whether they're good or bad no one cares and no one turns up mm. that's true yeah I'm, I'm a bit more of a lover of art house cinema at times um, but still nobody cares uh, yeah oh I love a good no, house that's yeah. true. but a lot of them are pretentious shit yes <laughs> and finally Akentinos again there's Tumbleweed blowing. This, I'm going to go for a documentary because it's not particularly entertaining. It's not particularly entertaining, and it's usually someone that does a better job making it fun. Mm, okay. That, that's uh, yeah, good as anything. Okay. Who was it? I was going to say James Cameron blockbuster. Um, do we even say Bocker? Where's Bocker on the list? <laughs> we appear to have missed. <laughs> um, the mildly popular. You may have heard champion, champion of yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, <laughs> there's a team in Argentina <laughs> called Boca Juniors um, who Australian dancers somehow managed to miss. Is it the mirror or they have missed them? Right? There's, there's I can't believe no, they're 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 not, there's no chance at all that there's got nothing that to do with the order you put. No, no, so it's not that list that they were taken no. from. But uh, no, Boca um, at, at the no, moment. At least, um, I would think Bocca are. They're definitely not action or adventure. Yeah, they're there they're between yeah. Colon and Banfield. Well, Blockbuster is the easy, easy one because they're the, sort of a massive popular team, yeah. not always so yeah. cerebral. Uh, I think Blockbuster is a good one because you hear so much about them, you have a lot of excitement when you go to see them, you sit down, you watch it, and after an hour and a half, you often leave pretty disappointed. See, I was going to say, some, some for, for some team or other, um, 
who had a really spectacular start to the upper tour. I was, I was going to say a James Cameron-like blockbuster because for the first ten minutes you're looking at it thinking, wow, this looks amazing. And then you realise that there's just nothing to it at all and it becomes a bit of a dirge to watch them. Uh, but I can't remember which team it is. <laughs> so probably, that's not yeah, really a very good just leave that then. That's your answer, Ralph. We yeah. hope you're happy with it. I hope you're happy. We really didn't enjoy doing that, so mm. no, not not in any way. Um, we were also not going to do every single team, but we ended up doing them. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. That's the dedication that we we showed to our listeners. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of theme music now, and we're going to come back for everybody's favourite part of this podcast. It's the bit where Australian Dan says some funny things about what isn't going to happen in the coming weekend. Don't go away. Australian Dan um, has clawed at the walls... The, the, the sun has set whilst we've been recording and that normally means that he goes slightly mad starts staring up at the stars although tonight the cloud is in we're due for a storm uh, tonight in Buenos Aires but all the same Dan's going to attempt having failed to read the stars out on his balcony during that music break to predict what's going to happen this weekend Mystic Dan in the first weekend of the 2012 Clausura please take it away I didn't find, I didn't see the stars, but I found these because of all the rain. I found these little mushrooms growing out there, and I ate those. Okay. Um, <laughs> I actually saw this very clearly uh, during that eight-hour trip. Anyway, <laughs> you didn't get my chance. Yeah, I've done. cut a hell of a lot of time <laughs> as well whilst playing that music to you, which was thirty seconds. <laughs> all right, so I've got we're Friday night, very unusual for Boca to be playing, but um, I've got them beating Olimpo at home. I think that's because they're playing on Tuesday in the ah, right. yeah. And then the game that Sam and I are going to, uh, Lanús San Lorenzo, but Lanús to win at home. Estudiantes to draw with Newells, Belgrano to draw with All Boys, San Martín de San Juan to lose at home to Independiente, Rafaela to beat Manfield, uh, Argentinos and Union to draw, Vélez to beat Godoy Cruz, Racing to beat Tigre, and Colón and Arsenal to draw. After all of the form um, that we saw last year you've only predicted one away victory yes to start 2012 that's brave brave which I did all last year as well and that was in yeah. but of course um, as as we both well as, 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 as we all know trying to predict uh, any results at all especially on the first in Argentina it's always really difficult but especially on the first weekend when you have no idea who's bedded in because um, nobody really takes the pre-season friendlies very seriously it's Apart from Argentine newspapers, we should find out. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, no, I think this is based more on um, who I thought would win rather than just uh, mm. yeah. home and away. I find it hard to disagree with many of your I've, I've done something fairly similar, actually, yeah. for Hong Kong. I've predicted a load of draws. Yeah. I think just only one or two away wins and, and mm. several home wins. I, I did the same thing. I'd say out of what you've got, I could see home wins for Bagrano and Colón, mm-hmm. but... Apart from that, I think you've got it. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I couldn't complain. Mm. Obviously, next Tuesday will come and we'll mercilessly <laughs> take <with> this. <laughs> well, <laughs> all turn wrong, but this is something I should mention actually because next Tuesday we won't be taking the piss uh, because I'm going to be at a wine tasting with my parents who are well. coming to visit. Um, and uh, we should probably say now that for 
future episodes for the next few weeks at least, Hunter Pod's going to be a little bit up on the up in the air because of the fact that I'm the one who uploads it and edits it every week, and and I'm going to be gallivanting around, uh, showing my folks around the country that I live in rather than always recording. So I think next week we're going to try and record something. The week after that, we almost certainly won't be able to have an episode up because I'm going to be off in in Cataratas de Iguazu. Do you not fancy um, having a guy editing that? Uh, no, I could probably copy and paste it onto a, <laughs> on somewhere. Anyway, yeah, so f- for that reason, uh, next week hopefully an episode, the week after that almost definitely not, the week after that we'll have to see, uh, and then Hunter Pub will settle into its regular record on Tuesday, upload on Wednesday kind of routine, um, depending on how lazy I'm feeling on the Wednesday afternoon, of course, now nice the weather is outside. The other thing that we should mention to our listeners is that both myself and English Dan um, have been selected as among the very creme de la creme of English language football writing. I'd say commissioned is that word. We were commissioned. Yes, absolutely. Headhunted, I think, is the better word. Uh, One or two of you listening may have heard of The Blizzard, which is a UK publication, but it's available very widely online um, across the world, in fact, on a pay-whatever-you-want-per-issue download basis, or... Mm -hmm in paper if you're in New York or the UK and certain other places around the world have have distribution points as well I think um, I, I've got a piece in there uh, uh, English Dan sorry has also got a piece in there we won't tell you what they are because that might ruin some of the surprise I think we've given a couple of hints on Twitter already yeah yeah I mean if, if you're at all aware of, of what we generally write about and of what we've been doing if you've been following us on Twitter for longer than about three or four months each you probably can have a fairly good guess at what it's going to be um, but yeah buy it um, please <laughs> all I'll say for me is that Celtic fans aren't going to want to miss this issue no that's, that's a fairly big clue and uh, I'm not going to say anything about mine we'll just see what happens um, so yeah that, that's that's the other plug and I think that's it isn't it in terms of stuff that we have to say if, if you want to follow any of us on Twitter I'll say this because it's the first full episode of the new season um, we may have some new listeners particularly as a result of all this Belgrano nonsense with the tournament naming um, I am H-E-G-S underscore com um, which is a reference to the initials of my website Astel Golsi Emperor uh, uh, English Dan is Dan Edwards Gold or yeah. one word in reference to the company which keeps <laughs> you in wine and cigarettes you can also your name as well right um, yeah partly my name no, there's well. some of his name in that and uh, Australian Dan in reference to his his own blog Argentina Football World is Argentina FW which is again is all one word with no underscores or anything um, so those are our Twitter handles our regular uh, Handapod partner who, who normally is here but is not tonight uh, Seba Garcia you can find him on, on Mundo Albiceleste Without the the final e of his website name Mundo Abi Celeste. Um, Why is that, by the way? It's because it Twitter fit. only allows a certain number of characters in your in your Twitter handle, and Mundo Abi Celeste was one too many. So yeah, that, that's us on Twitter. Please, um, if you don't already, then then you'll probably get the best possible Twitter value out of following at least one, and preferably all four of us. You, you're not really on there un- until you're following one of us. Um, say that Vélez Sassfield are about to win 3-0 away to Defensor Sporting yeah, which, which is a, a very good result yeah. fairly calm start for them they were 1-0 up at half time and they've just scored the third goal in what's that the 86th minute I yeah. think it is looking at it from here we probably just have to say it's going to finish 3-0 yep um, and yeah that's that's Ooh. it for now fantastic freaking sorry <laughs> oh blimey that is a good hurt yeah. hey. it's like David Ramirez Oof. 
former God Eye Crossman David yeah. Ramirez, I think, with the free kick. Um, anyway. Oh, Dominguez, Alejandro Dominguez, it says there on Twitter. Um, <laughs> it is Alejandro, isn't it? Isn't yeah. Twitter a lovely resource? It is, especially when you're just sitting here recording, looking at it and using it to queue up your, your podcast recording. Um, that's it for now, ladies and gentlemen. Please come back and listen again at some point next week, hopefully. Um, until then, have very nice lives and uh, don't be afraid to get in touch if you want to. Uh, goodbye from Australian Dan. Ciao, Pantitos. Goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. Goodbye in spirit from Sebastian Garcia and thank you, Seba, for, for writing us that email so that we could have at least some of your presence on this, this podcast. And goodbye from me. Goodbye, everyone. Court drama working for any of it. Could work for like Tottenham at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Comedy, yeah, comedy. Yeah, let's just say that. All right, yeah.